Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is episode 66, guys. We're going to jump right into things this evening, man. we got a few things we want to talk about. As always, you know to go out, download us wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're checking us out on the YouTube page, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Drop a like on the video and leave a comment down below. Go ahead and leave your comment on what you think the score is going to be between Florida at LSU this weekend. As always, guys, don't mean to skip past it. I'm your boy, Hirsch, with me, CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the not-so-hype man, Wes. What's up, Gator Nation? Losing a little <laughs> bit of his hype after this 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 week. It's been a little rough here, Gator Nation. We know it. We know it's been rough. We know Gator Nation wants to see some changes, and, and that's what we're mainly going to talk about tonight, guys. We're all going to cover a topic of what we would like to see or what we believe needs to happen in the month of December and January when coaching staff starts to shuffle around, transfer portal is going to open up. Um, obviously, this year, only 30 days in the transfer portal instead of 45 days. You're going to have to move fast. None of these lengthy evaluations. I'm talking to you, Bird. Um, you know, you're going to have to get out there and make moves and get this roster filled out. It'll be interesting to see what guys of ours jump in the portal as well. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show about uh, each of us are going to cover a topic of things that we need to see a change in after this season. Obviously, this season is 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 trending in a negative 
direction right now. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time harping on that. We're not going to break down what happened against Arkansas. You guys all saw it with your own two eyes. Um, we know there were some egregious mistakes, the, the substitution infraction, 10 men on the field, all that good stuff. We know it. We know it's out there. Y'all know it's out there. We're not going to talk to y'all. We're not going to sit here and talk like the average listener doesn't understand the common problems. We all see them. We just want to go ahead and talk about them and see if y'all agree, don't agree. Y'all can leave your comment down below about that, about the change you'd like to see in the offseason. The most immediate thing that you think could help this football team. And no, don't put fire Billy Napier. We're not even going to entertain that because it's not happening, guys. It's just it, you may be that guy. You may be on that train. You may be on the Billy needs to go train. I've seen all I need to see. And that's fine. That is your opinion. I'm just here to tell you that's not going to happen this year. It's just not. No matter how bad you want it. It's like being on the Mike, Mike White, you know, train of get Mike White fired. It, you know, that took time too. It's just not going to happen. Boosters aren't paying that buyout. Scott Strickland ain't making that call this year. Billy's going to get his time. He's going to have a chance to get DJ Lagway in here to be his quarterback. And that's going to be kind of the, the wagon that he hitches his career at Florida to. Um, Josh Pate went into a lot of detail about that earlier in the week about that. So we're going to start with DJ Lagway because it's what we do every single week. DJ Lagway watch. We do it every single week. <clears throat> DJ went out week 10 with a chance to go 10-0 and on the season against a big-time team, two five-star Georgia commitments on their defensive line, and DJ just did what DJ does. 30 of 42, 303 yards through the air, three touchdowns, seven carries, 88 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Just an absolute takeover machine. Led Willis to their very first undefeated season. Um, and if you don't know this about Willis, they are the smallest school in 6A in Texas. So this is quite an achievement that that DJ went out and did. They beat some really good teams this year. They beat some really bad teams too, but that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to blow out the, the bad teams, but they blew out the good teams. Um, you know, even, even the best team they faced, they scored 62 points on. I mean, that's just crazy. So DJ and company, they'll host a home game this week, first round of the playoffs. Um, I believe it's against Aladdin. Um, I don't know if it's going to be on TV. I don't – or streaming. Um, if we find that out, guys, we will post that through our social medias. Wes will post it to Facebook. I'll post it to our Twitter group. Make sure you're following both of those. Respect our decision. Just search them on Twitter and Facebook. You can join the Facebook group. It's free. We got a little chat there where we talk about recruiting and things that are going on behind the scenes. And that's not breathtaking inside information, but you know, we, we share what we know and other guys share what they've heard. And we just have a nice little community there. It's not a whole lot of people, but if you're part of it already, we appreciate you and what you bring to the table. Um, So obviously fantastic news. DJ did his thing. DJ looks great. Put out an interview this week that was out there by, I believe it was rivals did it talking about how he can't wait to get to Florida and buy into the system. I mean, one thing you've always known about DJ, he says exactly what you want to hear from your guy that's coming in to be the face of your organization. No negatives, no, 
oh, man, I don't like how the team's looking this year. I'm not too thrilled about playing for Billy Napier. Obviously, if he wasn't, he could decommit. I mean, it's just that's how it is. Hey, I sure wish I had a better offensive coordinator. What are these knuckleheads doing? You know, he's not talking like some of us folks on Twitter. <laughs> um, great kid, great family. Can't wait to get him on campus. Now let's talk about some other kids. Uh, we want to start talking about Amaris Williams. Amaris Williams was supposed to visit this last weekend. He didn't make it. Overslept, missed his flight. He played a late game in North Carolina. Noon game, missed his flight. Now, some people could say, you know what? I was 17 once. I didn't want to get up the next morning, jump on an airplane, fly to Gainesville, Florida, yada, yada, yada. Um, the bad news about this is he's going. He's supposed to be back at Ohio State this weekend as Penn State travels to play at Ohio State. Um, if he makes that trip, we can pretty much go ahead and say things are in a real dicey situation. If that young man was excited about being a University of Florida commit, I think common sense would tell you he would have been there. But I can see the I can see the counter argument. I've raised a 17-year-old. I've got another teenager. I can't get them up to get up, you know, for anything. Hey, you got a football game today. I don't want to get up. What? You know, I mean, teenagers are teenagers, but this is a business decision. I think we all know that. CJ. We talked a little about this before we came on the air. Do you think there is a cause for alarm for Amaris Williams? Yeah. And, and if we lose him, if we were to lose him, is it that big of a deal? I, I think to answer the first, I think that there is, of course, there is some some worry because of Ohio State being involved, and they're a great school. They produce great defensive end talent. I mean, you can look at their resume. You got guys, in, you got the posters in the NFL. You got young in the NFL. Uh, they produce great, great players. It's just what they do. Um, and you, there is a cause to be worried. Um, now, if we get notification, if let's say Amaris Williams now said, okay, well, I'm going to come to the Florida State game, then it kind of changes with me. It's like, okay, well, hold on. He reschedules this trip. He makes it to the Florida State game. Then we're talking to something different. Um, but Amaris Williams is a guy that, again, when we, we talk about it, we talked about it before we came on the air. Uh, he was a weird commit, you know, not the, not in the sense of, oh, wow, I can't believe we took that guy as in, wow, I can't believe that that guy wanted to commit to us already. Um, Morris Williams wasn't a guy that was that, that hyped up weekend that we had all the commitments. He wasn't a guy that we talked a lot about on the show. He wasn't a guy that somebody said, Hey, he's trending to the Gators. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be playing for Florida. He's a guy who likes Florida. None of that. It was just all of a sudden, bam, I'm coming to Florida and committed. And it was out of nowhere. Um, so maybe there was uh, just an impulse thing, and he's kind of reevaluating stuff now. I don't, I don't know. Right, As of right now, he's still committed. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, with these kids, they miss flights. They oversleep. They don't show up. They're teenagers. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. But like I said, if he makes that visit to us in Florida State, then – I think then all as well. I think that it just kind of changes stuff a little bit. Um, then to, if we were to lose a Morris Williams, it would suck. I want the kid. I want him in the class because as we've seen this past week, depth on the defense is kicking our ass. Um, but it, as far as his specific position, 
you've got a lot of pieces already still there. You've got Cersei, you've got Collins, um, you know, you've got McRae who's committed. Um, you know, these, these guys are still coming in. Cameron James is in that spot. Uh, you'll have Boone again next year, at least I hope. Uh, so he's a you know possible guy to look to to maybe come back and play that spot. Um, so there, there's plenty of guys that you can look at and say, okay, well we can we can make do. Um, so it, it would it suck to lose him? Yes, he's high rated commit. You want him in there. Um, North Carolina produces some really good players. Um, but if we did lose him, I don't think it's the end of the world. It would just be it'd be it would suck. Uh, I think I would. I don't think we'd like it, but I don't think it's something that's going to really be like a death blow to the class. Yeah, I mean, you you ideally you want to hold on to every commitment you have. I mean, that's that's just the nature of recruiting. But I don't care who you are. We've seen Georgia have multiple decommitments. We've seen Ohio State have decommitments. Michigan's had decommitments. Every school was going to have a kid that's like, you know what? I got caught up in the moment. Um, I didn't make the best overall decision for me. And a lot of times that's a legitimate thing. That's They're not just saying that to, you know, stave off the backlash from fans on social media. They actually sat down with their parents and you go, you know what, mom, dad, I think I made a mistake. And we can all understand that. We've all jumped at, a, at an opportunity or something. And then when we got down the road, you said, you know what, maybe that wasn't the best idea now that I've thought about it. It's not even – necessarily has anything to do with with Florida's performance on the field. It might just be like, you know what, I looked at the depth chart. They got a lot of young bodies. They just added a five-star stud, LJ McCray, all that. Man, I might not actually get much opportunity down there at the University of Florida. You know, it might be three years before I hit the field. And if I go there and I don't like my standing, then I have to transfer and I have to, you know, start the whole process all over again. There's a lot you've got to you've got to think about this logically when you're an adult looking at the recruiting process for these kids. You're he was part of that big weekend. We talk about it. He comes in. There's all these kids. They're all committing. Holy crap, man. This is awesome. I want to be part of that. You commit. Weeks, months go by and that other hot girl starts showing you attention. You know what I mean? You know, that other girl that you you didn't think you had a chance with calls and says, you know, hey, kind of kind of interested in what you got going on, baby. <laughs> and and you know, it's it can it can be tough on these kids. I mean, we we were all there and we all wanted big time, you know, attention from when you're 17, you want attention from everybody. That's just how you is. You know, like, you know, you want to be the big man on campus, all that good stuff. So I don't blame any of these kids for for shopping, window shopping, whatever it is. That's what big boy recruiting is. Billy Napier, Spencer, Chaos, you get paid a million dollars a year. Earn your paycheck. Recruit. Now, if it ain't meant to be, it just ain't meant to be. Best of wishes to you, Mr. Morris Williams. You know, thank you for your, you know, giving your effort to the University of Florida, your commitment, and we wish you the best, unless you play us on the football field, period. All right. Of course, we had some other big-time visitors, uh, one of which being Jeremiah Smith, and the other which, the receiver that we hinted on last week, you've probably heard about it by now. We couldn't announce it at the time of the show. Cam Coleman came, Texas A&M commit. Do I think there's a good chance of us to get Cam Coleman? Probably not. But he's supposedly now coming for an official visit for Florida State weekend. 
that's kind of a big deal. Jordan Pride in town, a lot of, you know, commitments. Did we give them the best product on the field? I mean, that's that's arguable. Obviously, you want to get them caught up in the emotions of a victory. But if I'm 16, 17-year-old kid, I'm looking at that and saying, man, a lot of young guys playing on that football field. And I think I'm better than that guy or that guy, whatever your position may be. If you're Cam Coleman, I mean, obviously, Jeremiah Smith could probably start anywhere he goes to next year. He's that talented. But Cam Coleman's not too far behind. Wes, I'm going I'm to let you have this in a second because this has been a hot point for you since we started talking about Jeremiah Smith. You see the wide receiver room. You know Ricky Persall is gone. Um, Andy Jean fighting off injuries. Aiden Mizell still putting on that weight and whatnot to be competitive at this level is, is why I think Aiden Mizell has not played a whole lot. He's just a very small guy. Um, some guys in that room that you – I'm sure these younger guys have been told, look, these guys aren't going to be here next year, Uh, whether it be – and we're just speculating, guys. This is not something we've heard about. Whether it be Burke or Frazier's, I know that hurts your heart, Wes. But, I mean, these guys aren't playing. And no guy joins a team to sit to say, I just don't want to play. So, Wes, do you think – I know you were talking about early in the year that, that that these guys want to see someone like Trey Wilson getting these touches, getting heavily involved in offense. Do you think this resonates with these guys as they come on these visits? Yeah, I, I know uh, Billy's offense has been much maligned. And there's <laughs> some things that I, I can uh, point out if, as far as Graham Mertz, the 17-2 and two that he has on the season as far as touchdowns and two picks. Um, has something that we didn't realize was going to happen. So with Mertz doing what he'd done and the emergence of trade being that we, we didn't have a number two. It was, it was, it was uh, I can't think of his name. It was, uh, what's our receiver last last year? Uh, big time guy, five-star, what's his name? Shorter. It was shorter last year, and that was it. Ricky was there too, but as far as big time plays. But this year we, we, we really have two guys that uh, are out there. And then you have Jackson which could have been Douglas's spot, but him and Mertz can't seem to – they don't seem like they have a rapport. But for the young my, – my thing was we knew Ricky was going to put up Ricky numbers, 600, 700 yards for the season, but he's going to blow that out of the water. So not only is Ricky took his game up in year two, but now he has a counterpart uh, as a young guy that's putting numbers up as well. So to me, that's credit to Billy Gonzalez who doesn't get enough credit as far as developing uh, what Trey has been doing on the field and the fact that that's showing Cam and Jeremiah, hey, they will play a freshman receiver. Not only will they play him, he'll get touches, and I mean meaningful touches. So uh, with Ricky being gone, Trey can maybe slide into that Ricky spot. Uh, and Then you still have the two outside guys. Douglas is going to be coming off injury. You mentioned Burt's gone. My boy Frazier hasn't really showed up. Uh, I like Jackson. He can make b- plays, but it seems like him and Mercy can't get on the same page. Uh, so where, where's the depth at, you know, at, at that position? I know we have some guys coming in, uh, TJ Abrams and J- uh, J- Jeremiah Hawkins, I believe. Uh, uh, J- Dre. Hawkins. Dre Hawkins. I say Jeremiah, but Dre Hawkins. Hawkins can maybe fill into that uh, Ricky spot as far as that slot type guy. So, uh, but you want that big guy outside of Trey and whoever the slot guy may be. 
that X receiver. We don't have a true X right now. With I don't know how Douglas is going to look next year. Frazier couldn't take the position. Uh, Jackson maybe is a, a guy that comes in to spell the other guys, uh, but I don't want him as my lead guy as, as, as the X. He makes some terrific catches, though. When the ball is in his vicinity, it just seems like him and Mercer's not on the same level. But I like what I'm seeing from the receivers as far as putting things on film that that entice a guy like Cam Coleman and, and entice a guy like uh, – Jeremiah Smith, especially with a higher state quarterback not looking well, and you knowing DJ is coming in, and we kind of feel that Mercer's coming back next year. You got to look at the quarterback situation at Florida as a plus. And I don't know, last time we said that as far as back to back years since Trash left, and we thought ER was going to be the second guy, but uh, we was we knew he was wrong. Yeah, I mean, your whole point as, as it's always been the same. Your your point as a as a heavy recruiter is your salesman. That is what recruiting is, is, is your, who can be the best salesman out there. Um, put your best Jordan Belfort on ABC, always be closing, you know, um, that's, that's Billy, man. But Billy talks to these kids. He was talking to, even after the loss, he's sitting around, he's talking with these kids. He's always on the recruiting. Uh, the story came out this week that the last thing Billy does every night before he goes home is he sits around with the staffer and they, they send text messages to every kid they're recruiting like it's just he doesn't stop with the recruiting and you've seen the results um and i don't want to say hey i would really love to see one more big piece because i'm not trying to be overly greedy but i'd love to see one more big piece like and and if that big piece is jordan seaton i'm okay with that get me jordan seaton above all else i'll take jordan seaton over over jeremiah smith and cam coleman right now and that's that might sound stupid. It might sound goofy, whatever. I just would rather have a big-time offensive line prospect because I've seen the talent at wide receiver and that they can get the ball in these guys' hands, maybe not as consistently as I would like, but hopefully that goes in line with some of the things we talk about later in the show, maybe a new, fresh set of eyes on the offensive product. Um, but I want offensive line recruiting fixed. Jordan Seaton's as big an offensive line prospect is still on the board. But, hey, man, sell these guys. Get you a couple more DBs. Uh, another thing that happened this weekend, Zay Mincy did come to the game. Uh, uh, Grimsley did not. Grimsley chose to go to Bama but said he would be back for the Florida State game. We'll see. I mean, you know, this stuff is all touch and go right now. And this is where – you know, you don't, you can't be the Dan Mullins of the world and say, we'll talk about, we'll do recruiting when the season's over. You got to be heavily recruiting right now. And it's tough, man. This is when you see what these coaches are made of. Um, You know, the weight of the season, you can see it on Billy a little bit. Absolutely. I, I know his press conferences aren't what you want to hear as a fan. You want to hear your coach take responsibility. You want to say, everything's on me and I'm going to get it fixed. That's just not the way he is. I'm sorry. He, that's he learned. He put he coached under Saban and all those guys, and he just he's very coach speak in his press conference. He's not going to give anything away. He's not going to show emotion to anybody. Um, it's just it's just it, man. You just have to accept it. Quit watching press conferences like you're trying to break the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> you're not going to put anything together and be like, oh, Billy said this, and then he said that. I, I think he's starting to – he's hinting at that, you know, he's not doing any of it. I don't Billy's just – this thing down like this is a Pruder film. If, if Billy did not 
let me tell if you don't know this already, I, and it should be pretty much common knowledge. If if these coaches didn't have to do these press conferences, not a damn one of them would do it. May, except yeah. maybe Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin might, because he loves to hear himself talk. But the rest of these coaches, they hate this crap. They'd rather be breaking down film or calling a kid recruiting or any of that stuff than talking to to Edgar and all them dudes in a room. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. All right, guys, before we start to get to what we want to see change in offseason, we're going to talk about a few things depth chart-wise. Um, so if you haven't heard by now, and I'm sure you probably did, Jack Pyburn tore his ACL in the game. Um, I hate it for the young man. You could see it when he ha- when it happened. He he was in obvious, obvious pain on the field. Um, just rough to see. And that comes off of, you know, what was already – a very, very iffy depth chart. Um, Sap didn't play. Banks didn't play. Or was it Cam- – yeah, it was Banks that didn't play. Jackson didn't play. Cameron Jackson. Was it Jackson? Okay, Banks did play Jackson. I get those two backwards yeah, Jackson did not play. I, I swear to God, you could switch their jerseys. I wouldn't know who was who on the field. Um, the good news about the depth chart this week is both are back listed, not listed with any kind of injury designation whatsoever. Um, the only people listed on the depth chart, obviously, Jack Pyburn out for the season, Shamar James out for the season, Caleb Douglas out for the season, and Jonathan Odom, who's not going to play anymore this season, even though they haven't really officially said that. Um, I think Jack's taking a red shirt off of that knee surgery. He's he's still dealing with quite a bit of pain and and pushed through on those first games, and I think he probably overdid it a little bit. So that's where we're at. Um. Thachika Bowman is back on the depth chart, though. He's 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 listed under Eugene Wilson at wide receiver. You got some um nothing really earth shattering out there on the depth chart as it came out. Scooby, uh, you got one thing that I like. Devin Moore listed as the starter over over Kimber. I think we all like that. Devin Moore played a lot of snaps against Arkansas. Guess what? You didn't hear his name called. Guess what? That's a great thing. You don't want your DBs getting their name called unless they're getting picks. I mean, that's great. And that seems to be the thing with Devin Moore. You almost don't ever hear his name called. You almost wonder if he's playing or not. That's why we have so much, did he play? I don't know. He's, he's either hurt or he shuts his side down. <laughs> you don't ever hear his name. He's a man of mystery, Devin Moore. Um. All right, guys. That's that's really all with the depth chart. It's kind of status quo. Kingsley's still in there. Hopefully he's ready to go. I'm I'm sure they'll give him another shot in the ankle, and that's going to go into something I'm going to talk about in a second. But um, Wes, we're going to start with you. We're going to talk about the things that we need to see changes for as we go in December. Obviously, the season will end. Coaching shakeup will begin. Uh, mutual decisions, whatever have you not. Kids will start to enter the portal. Florida will start to pull kids out of the portal, hopefully. Um, you know, that's what we all hope for. And, and recruiting will end, obviously, with early signing day there in the third week of December. So, Wes, we're going to start with you. What is the biggest, and I know where you're going to go. I know where you're going to go because I know your passion for this subject. But the biggest thing that you need to see an immediate change on as we get into the offseason. I know people probably – I know what a lot of people are thinking about the offensive coordinator, but it's the offensive line. Our offense can be so much more if, – if, 
when we have a and, and to me that's the problem with Montreal and the his ex, his expertise as far as being the the best back he can be is Billy likes to run the ball and that's not that's X out the office coordinator and, and what Billy likes to do as far as running the ball. He's getting hit in the backfield. He's not the guy to make a guy miss his backfield like ETN. ETN gets a lot away with a lot of stuff because he can make the first guy miss and then he can make some stuff happen. And that's not Montreal's game. Montreal's a one cut guy. If he can if he can hit the hole and make the cut, then he's better that way. But office line doesn't allow him to do that. And I and I know I sent you guys a message in the game and I was like, Leonard is getting killed. And y'all I was like, he's up he was he's been a highest rated office lineman. I'm like, wow. Like, like, I mean, it depends on the game, but yes, yeah, several times Richie yeah. Leonard has been the highest rated offensive lineman. It's it's, yeah. it's been a while. It's been that wild of a season on the offensive line. It, it, and to me, it, it has not been good. Barber moving from right tackle to left tackle has not worked out the way I hoped. I know that's a, a is a is a transition that that is very very hard uh, for some guys. I mean, he maybe he, he's just a right tackle. I don't know. But he's been struggling over that left tackle. Uh, George, we can't seem to, we can't, there's nobody else to replace him. And I know Hershey's alluded to maybe he's, he's maybe he's a guard. Uh, I don't know. I don't like the fact that we move Mazuka from out of Wait, his position. Waits actually replaced George in, in I saw that. Yeah. The of I, there. And he had some issues too, but I could chalk his up more to Rust yeah. than any of like them. The young man has, has only played a handful of snaps. And I, I think if I and to me, I don't know the mixing and matching. And maybe they wanted uh, uh, Mazuka is what we had as, as far as the guy that got a break last year at right tackle. But he he was a all world left guard last year, and we moved him out of his position and put him in the right guard. I don't know uh, if that is effective his game. I know to me the the next the most important position on the offensive line besides left tackle probably is a right guard. You see guys like Zach Martin from the Cowboys, uh, uh, Brandon Sheriff for the Jacksonville Jaguars, those right guards, they get a lot of pub because that is an important position because you, you're facing a guy there that can destroy a play by itself So uh, in the interior. So I, I, I just, office line is, is, is crazy to me is how weak they seem to things. And we can't ever do a play. I know I've been speaking to you guys, not, not on, I, I think I said it on the podcast a couple of times, but, Speaking to you guys directly in, in our chat, like every time we get to the 40 and 50, and I know bit, a lot of offense, it's not just Billy, every offense coordinator, and that's when you take your shot play. I'm going to take this 40, 50 yard bomb. We're going we're gonna to lower him to sleep with the play action, and we're going to throw it deep. And that has not worked because whenever Merch steps back off his back foot, there's people in his face where he can't even get the ball off to throw those bombs because the pass rushers are the, the DNs are, are rushing upfield. And when he tries to step up, the guards are getting destroyed up front so he's stepping up into the D tackles making the sack so is it I, I, I the office line is horrible uh and to speak into our the, the, off, uh, the offensive coordinator thing and I felt like we scored enough points to win this game I would not say we didn't score enough points to win this game and I told you these guys I posted it in real time it's not revisionist history I, I said Hirsch CJ you guys didn't respond to me I know you guys are probably irritated at the same time but as, as we all were Seven and three makes a difference when they touch the ball. Seven and three have to get my offense works better when they're touching the ball. It's not rocket science. You don't have to be Josh Dobbs to make this work. You don't have to. You, you just have to. I don't give. appreciate that. <laughs> you have to be 
field rocket scientist to figure it out. Get the ball to three. Get the ball to seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can understand you go on one possession and you try to do something. You get a three and out. Okay, that's fine. You go on the second possession, three and out, maybe five plays you out, whatever. Okay, that third possession, Trey or uh, or uh, Trevor has to touch the ball. That's all I'm asking. We saw, like, we when we scored those 14 points to get back in the game, I know everybody was like, oh, we about to get blocked. It's 12 o'clock game. We got these ugly-ass uniforms on. Uh, it's a new <laughs> game. I, we, we about to get blocked. It's just like, but we scored so fast. Who was touching the ball? Trey. Then we go, like, play, play, like, the whole game to the fourth quarter. So he touches it again. That, that's how it felt to me in real time watching it. That's why I sit the message. I was like, guys, why is not? Then we scored to, to, to tie, uh, I think, take the lead before they came in and tied it with the field goal. Trevor, all three touches. Trevor touches the ball. We score in three plays, 75 yards. It's not rocket science, man. Like, get the ball to your playmakers. Even Ricky. I don't think Ricky had even touches on that. We would, it's like, it's crazy to me. I don't understand. We throw these 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 passes to Bordenham, and I love Bordenham, and I think he's going to be a, a sending player in the future. Uh, we try to hit Jackson on these fades. <laughs> to me, we make it so difficult on ourselves, and we make it harder than it has to be. I'll live and die with man-to-man coverage and, this, and, and Trey win. I haven't seen him really get a deep ball yet. I, that's something I would want to see us do. And to me, he's not playing the X receiver. Uh, him and Ricky are usually on the same side, which is good because now you're putting the defense in a predicament where you have may have three guys to cover two guys. You know what I'm saying? So you may double Ricky, you may double Eugene. And I trust that on that side as well. But um, I, I would like to see another OC in the, in here as well. And, and to well, me, it all ties together. With, well, with hold on now. I, I know it does, but you kind of you kind of straight off point with where we started with the offensive line. Do you think that we should maintain the two-coach system? No. I, well. And do you think Stale and Stapleton need to be both be gone altogether? Like, I mean. Well, I don't know what Stapleton does. I know Stale gets paid <laughs> a lot of money. Uh, so if they're not recruiting well and they're not bringing in guys like us, I, I don't know if you guys, I know you guys saw it, but I don't know if the fans saw it. If you didn't see it, look at Jare Hawkins' screen pass that he ran like 80, 80-something yards on. And see Jordan Seaton blocking down the field, looking like he's a freaking like like he's fast and, and Dre is moving like Dre is moving and uh, and Seaton is moving just as fast. And see offense linemen, they're not doing either. So maximum effort. Yeah, and the way our special teams looking, and I know one of you guys are probably going to pick that one up. Hold on now, don't go, don't don't don't. No, no, go, I'm not going to talk about that. But what, what I'm saying is, I don't want the two offense linemen coaches if we need to have a, a special there teams we go. coach. That's the that's what I'm segueing into that because that's the problem as well. And I'm gonna save that for you guys. So no, we don't need that because that other coach that we probably need as far as uh on the field needs to be having that position. That that coaching position or the coaching team. All right, CJ. I think Wes tried to leave you a little meat on the bone there. Um well I, I know you've got some good thoughts on this, and I'll let you just kind of go wherever you want to go with it. What what is your biggest thing that needs to be fixed? I mean, aside from the offense, it's got to be the special teams. I mean, uh, that old saying, you know, to me is offense sells tickets, the defense wins games, and your special teams wins championships. Uh, You've got to have a good special teams unit, and right now we do not. Um, You know, you lose the game on a missed field goal, 
um, on some other crap aside from it. I mean, but which at the end of the day, which really sucks ma- is we've shown improvement week to week I, in the last right. few weeks, especially. We showed improvement from the first like half of the game. It was like night and day. We had great like, from, returns. We were, I mean, we were returning well. Uh, special teams looked really good in the first half, and I'm like, wow, we maybe we've got this down. And then it just fell apart. And it, it was, was like just, they let Chris Crouch come out of the tunnel at halftime. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, just frustrating, stupid stuff. Um, you miss a field goal. I mean, again, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I and get he, you, and he could have missed that if it was five yards closer. Let's, let's yeah. Put that yeah in I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like he missed it short. He missed it wide. So uh, he had the leg. If you hit that field goal, we're having a completely different conversation. Today. And and to be fair, he was bound to miss one at some point. Let's yeah. He, let's I mean, yeah. let's not. You know, he was. It's not. I'm not mad at Trey Smack. Absolutely I'm not. not. I'm just Trey saying Smack. you got the announcers every time he's up there. And Trey Smacks never missed a kick, or you know, and all that good stuff. You just <laughs> know he's, he's never missed a kick. Hey guys, yeah. by you, the every way, every time they say that, I'm like, shit. <laughs> would y'all sh- like? Would y'all shut up and let him make the kick? Because you know it's coming. It? I mean, that's it's just like, the it's the law of averages. But you no, know, I mean, you got to see something. We got to get something going with the special teams with it because we're not we're not doing procedural things right. Basically, it's stuff. it's one thing where we were like last year. Last year it was, okay, well, we don't really have the guy to make kick returns, and our kicker isn't great, but they're they're getting there. It's okay. This year it's like everybody's brain fell out of their head. Like I, I don't understand what happened. It, last year it was just from the idea of we're not making big plays. Special teams is kind of a non-issue. It's a dead issue. It's not helping us, but it wasn't really hurting us either. This year it's actively hurting us. Um, and if you're in that position, the coach has got to go. I, I wouldn't hit, I wouldn't hook my my saddle to a guy that's just not 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 doing anything. He's not getting it done. And that's I mean I'm not I'm not saying anything personally about Couch. I don't know the man by all accounts. He's a good dude, great, awesome. I'm <laughs> not coming after him and his wife and his kids and any of that other you know, but. I mean, sorry, man. You know, you're getting paid to coach football. You're not doing a great job. It's just time to go. Uh, I'm not saying you go spend a massive budget on an offensive or, excuse me, a special teams coordinator because, you know, that's just not – that's a very niche thing and there's not a lot of those guys just walking around. And if there is a guy who's pretty elite in what he does in special teams, he's usually not going to leave. He's usually getting paid pretty well to do what he's doing. So they're going to have to find somebody. But in, in, but the thing with our special teams unit is I'm just asking for the simple stuff, which is which is kind of, you know, deflating. You know, it's like, you know, if you gave me a special teams guy, he's like, okay, he's going to have 11 guys on the field every time. All right. Um, we're not going to we're not we're not going to do procedural penalties. We're not going to put the same guy with the same jersey out there um, or any of that other dumb stuff. We're not going to line up offsides. We're not going to uh, jump on the, you know, the the line or whatever on the center. We're, we're going to do, uh, you know, we're just going to get in, get out. I take that. I take that in a heartbeat. So you, that's going to change. And, and I think again, people are so frustrated with the press conference stuff. Billy Napier is not going to get into his press conference mic and throw couch under the bus. He's just not going to do it. Um, as much as even if he thinks that, even if he feels like that, and he might, 
but he's not going to tell you guys that. Um, he's not going to he's not going to list his plan. He's not going to give you a list of candidates to replace these guys. He's not telling Edgar and Matt Baker and Mark Long or any of these guys. He's not giving these guys a list of candidates in his, his pressers. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we all know it needs to change. I believe it's going to change. If it doesn't change, then that's going to shock me to my core. Um, that's something I, I don't, I don't, I just, that's unfathomable to me that it doesn't change. Like it really feels like it's going to change. There were rumors in the middle of the season that Chris Couch was gone. Um, so I, it just feels like to me that they're going to move on from him. Um, I don't know what direction they go. I don't know who they hire, but you know, I've seen what rock bottom looks like and I know it can't get any worse. Um, you know, I'm almost to the point where, you know, this yes, it can. go for it on Nine every fourth down. <laughs> yeah. No, at this point, I'm, at this point I'm saying we just go for it on every fourth down. We never punt. We never kick field goals. We always go for two. Um, we sure don't we just, try to block field goals. Yeah, we don't. Try, we just <laughs> we just we don't, don't even send a team out. <laughs> just don't. If they're going to kick the field goal, just let them line up and kick it. We're just going to sit on the sideline uh, and not hurt just ourselves play anymore. Play than we the line. Have. Don't don't actually you know so they can't. Yeah, we're going to try it. to psych out the kicker. He's like, man, they're not even blocking this. I want to make it. He just goes wide left. He's like, hey, do that cheer from the longest yard. Yeah, yeah. It's only crazy <laughs> if it doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. I mean, we all know that. I mean, I'm not breaking any news. You know, nobody's 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 listening to this. Wow, I never thought about that. But no, uh, yeah, I, you got to move on from the special teams coach. You got to find somebody to do that job. And, and like you know, we were talking about the the two offensive line coaches. I don't think you're going to be able to do, do that because you need a spot on the coaching staff to get a guy in to be a designated coach for the special teams. I don't think anybody out there would argue with you on that. I think um, that's got to be right up there in the obviously on the head of your at the top of your shopping list as we go to the off season. All right, I'm going to talk about mine and I don't necessarily think this is going to happen. I, I I'm just I have a bad feeling that nothing's going to be done about this, but I want something done about this. And I know I tweeted it out during the game and a lot of people agreed with me, a lot of people agreed with me and I've seen people mes- mention it on various message boards and other places, you know, as we have conversations about this. I need a massive drastic change or shakeup in my strength and conditioning program. I don't know if that means Mark Cocky has to get the hell out. Um, I don't know if, I don't know, but Billy needs to sit down and evaluate it and say something and, and talk to other people, strength and coordinating, you know, injury consultants, whatever it may be, because look, I'm not talking about ACL injuries. Like ACL injuries are freak nature kind of things. You could walk off your porch, step on your step, and turn your leg the wrong way and and pop your ACL. It's just that freaky. I've done it twice. <laughs> it's it just happens. Um Boone did his celebrating a sack, you know, in a scrimmage. Carol got his just absolutely destroyed in a scrimmage where he got hit and it tore everything. Uh, Pyburn got hurt during the game on a legitimate play. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it just happens. Here's where I have an issue. And this was told to me this week by someone on the payroll. There is an abundant amount of shoulder injuries on this team. Elbow injuries, 
ankle injuries. Well, I mean, we've seen it with Kingsley all year, but I mean, you know, high ankle sprains happen. That doesn't bother me. But if I sat here and told you that every single one of our linebacker core is hurt because they have sprained shoulders and whatnot, and you wonder why they can't tackle half the time because they're doing it pretty much with one arm and the other arm is shot up with Tordal. Um, and, and that's something that Trevor's dealing with as well. And Wes talked about Trevor. They're having to shoot him up to play because he's got this badly sprained AC joint. There's a lot of them. I mean, a lot of these injuries going on. And that's not even getting into us being dominated on the offensive line. At, a, at, at strength positions. I'm not talking about Damian George getting whipped on the outside because he has bad technique and he probably needs to be a guard. I'm talking about what Wes was talking about, guards getting pushed backwards into the play, on the run play, getting pushed into the gaps where, the, where there is nowhere for Montreal to run through on certain plays. Now, obviously, we've seen them bust some big yardage, but they're usually on plays that aren't up the middle when that happens. Like you watch it. It's when a pull block or something of that nature where they have the chance to cut outside and things like that. You very rarely see us run for big gains right up the middle. Our defensive line, I don't feel like, gets the interior push that they should get. Uh, Princely's caught a lot of flack, and he's earned a lot of it. But he's he's been a, a tremendous disruptor especially the last two games. He's played very well. Props to him. He can have his flowers. I, I know he's probably on his way out the door. It is it's it is what it is. Thank you for giving it your all. I mean, in this day and age where a lot of guys quit, he's fighting for his draft stock, and he's showing it. Good for him. I don't have a problem as long as you – I don't have a problem what you say anywhere as long as you're doing your part. I don't care. Um, But that's straying off course. I need to see something. I need Billy Napier to say, hey, you uh, physicians and, and whatnot and, you know, all that. Why are we having so many of these shoulder injuries, lower body injuries? What's going on? Is this something that we could be doing in our strength and conditioning program? Or that is it something that we're not doing that's causing all this? And we got to get to the root of it. And we got to get to the root of it quick. Um, now I know you're dealing with a lot of young guys too. I understand there's a there's a there's a part of this that's a lot of young guys that have not been on campus entirely, you know, a, a whole lot of time to have two three years in the strength and conditioning program. But that still doesn't excuse the amount of guys that we have playing hurt. And yes, I know Hirsch. It's week 11, man. Everybody's got guys playing hurt. Uh, yeah, I know. But trust me, given what I was told versus years past, this is this is at a really all-time high as far as these kind of injuries go. You can take that for whatever you want to take it for. You may think I'm off base with this, and that's fine. That's absolutely great. You may be somebody that works in the in the field of strength, medicine, all that kind of stuff, and you know better. Please leave a comment below what you think. I, I'm all for it. But my thing is, even if it's not the injury things, I'm tired of seeing us get pushed around on the line of scrimmage. Uh, Billy said right off the rip, we've got to improve the lines of scrimmage. That isn't just recruiting. That is being stronger than the guy 
in front of you. Especially in the SEC. In the SEC, it's it's a lifeblood. You know each and every week you're going to face five big nasty dudes on the offensive line, and you're going to face defensive tackles the caliber of the Jalen Carters we've seen and the Jordan Davises, you know, and those guys that, that are just going to give you a bull rush and you better have your damn feet in the ground and ready to hold serve. Or they're going to take you backwards and your play's blown up and whatever you had drawn up, whether it be play action, please quit running it, um, you know, <laughs> or a screenplay that's in motion, but your guy, but your guy gets blocked into it and the motion man's out of whack. Or it's a screenplay that you can't throw because you don't even have time and you got to throw it into the dirt right at his feet. We've seen it all this season. And that is not, and I think everyone can agree with me, that is not Florida football. There's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks about the standard of Florida football. And that, and I'm not debating what the standard of Florida football is right now, but getting beat all over the line of scrimmage is sure as hell not the standard of Florida football. So we need to figure that out. All right, guys. Look, I don't know if Jaden Daniels is going to play this week. It's Brian Kelly. He doesn't value the safety of young men. We know that. So Jaden Daniels is probably going to play. Um, he's probably going to tell him to go up in a light tower and come jog down and, uh, you know, do some crazy stuff, see how his head feels when he gets done. I'm joking. Maybe not. Um, but we're going to do it anyway. The SEC hates a 730 game. In Death Valley, CJ, you go first. What's the score prediction? Uh, Gators win 45-42. Holy shit. I don't believe I think that. I think if there's this game on the schedule, I feel like we can win. I don't give a damn about Death Valley. I don't give a shit about 730. I don't, I don't care. We can That's beat this percent. LSU team because their defense is hot garbage. Ours That's is garbage. too. That's fine. Our offense has played pretty well. We could put up points. It's definitely so going to be a good week to Arkansas pad the old team. stats. We watched an Arkansas team that beat us last week also take LSU to the same position. The only difference is LSU made their field goal and we didn't. We can beat this LSU team. Don't for a minute sit there and get on Twitter and cry and moan about, all oh, we're going to get our shit pushed in. I Whoop. don't care. We can beat LSU. We can do it. If we don't, we don't. But don't sit there for a minute and, and cry and suck your thumb and curl up in the corner and act like we can't beat this team. We can do it. We can for sure do it. I'm not admitting defeat. I've had a different outlook on the other games. The Georgia game was a different animal. This is a team you can beat. They've lost three games. This isn't an unbeatable team. This isn't a terrifying team. This is a team that can be beat. This is not an LSU team that has Joe Burrow and, and those guys walking out the sideline. Sorry. That's my piece on it. I think we can win. All right, Wes, uh, back that up. Follow that that prediction up. There, CJ said like three cuss words. He went, he's going crazy. He went all in. Ersh, I was going to do breaking news and say this is going to be the first time I picked us to ever lose. But CJ just hyped me up, man. Like he just, he just said <laughs> – Wes, we can win this shit. So, so um, CJ, thank you for, for, for putting that breaking news off because I'm not going to do uh, a first ever prediction that we will lose. I'm going with you. You do convince me. I'm going to go high school like you. And you know what? And, and the more you talk, the more I thought about it. And I thought about how we tied the score of 14-14 with Arkansas, and then we went in this low. I thought about when we got down in South Carolina and we went on this, this rant 
um, not just right, just run at the end of, in the fourth quarter. We play different when we're down. It's like Billy gets complacent and safe when we're when the game is like that's tied. his style. That's his yeah. style. He likes to try to play ball control. But, but LSU, we don't have the horses for it, and that goes back to the dominating on the offensive line. But exactly. anyway, let me digress. Yeah, and that's why I feel like I feel like LSU is going to score. So he's not going to have that option to 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 CJ's point of his score prediction to get into that low of. Oh, I don't want to run it. I'm gonna do this. He's gonna to have to put up points, or we're gonna get blown out. So, with that being said, I'm with CJ. I'm gonna go thirty-five, thirty-one. That man just said we were gonna score, and then came up with a what I feel was kind of a low score. All right, here here's my problem. The football gods hate Florida. They just do because a they made it a night game. B, and we found out this week, I say, I've been saying it for weeks, Florida sucks against running quarterbacks. I don't know what it is. It don't matter who's coaching us. We suck versus running quarterbacks. We cannot play, spy, contain, whatever it is. We can't do it. So if Jaden Daniels plays, I feel like he's going to run like a wild man. Now, if he doesn't play, the football gods sit back and laugh because little Nussmeyer is going to play at quarterback. And he'll probably have the best day of his whole damn life because, you know, we've crapped on his daddy for so long. <laughs> um, be like that, Max Johnson. Uh, Max yeah. Johnson. <laughs> but, but Nussmeyer would be even worse to me. Like, I mean, Max Johnson kind of made sense. But, man, well, Nuss, come on. But I do kind of expect Jane Daniels to play. Uh, yeah. They don't have nothing else to play for except for him, to, to his mm-hmm. draft stock and his maybe – Fleeting Heisman campaign, if that's still kind of a thing. I know he was high at odds going into last week. He was like number one in the odds, but you know, then he didn't, you know, then they lost Bama, but he'll probably try to go out there and put up huge numbers. I'm going to go 48 42 LSU. I don't like doing it, but I just don't have faith in us stopping a running quarterback, man. I just don't. Uh, maybe we dial up something that I've that we've never seen, but I just also think at the linebacker room we don't have the horses for it. Who's spying Jaden Daniels? Manny Nunnery? Maybe. That's it, man. I, I, I saw him get toasted against KJ Jefferson last weekend. I saw him make a great play too, but I also saw him get burned. And KJ Jefferson ain't Jaden Daniels. The defense, listen, if we're gonna have a chance, the defense is gonna have to force a few turnovers. They're gonna have to get a turnover to and some stops. They're going to. There's you can't play that like we played against LSU in the past, where every single drive they scored. You're gonna it, have it, to get. It's gonna be that kind of game. Like it, I just, it, it absolutely feels that way. That like from the opening kickoff, that we're just gonna be. It's gonna be ping pong. <laughs> each team's gonna have at least twenty eight points by half. It's just gonna be back and forth. Yeah, it's gonna be two thousand and twenty all over again. Except we don't have the elite. <laughs> you know. Offense, it's just hey, might put up some great numbers. It might make Graham look great. Trey might, I could see Trey having an absolutely huge Trey or Ricky one should put up nasty numbers in this game. So, and maybe get Arliss Boardingham re involved in the offense after he was and now he's disappeared. You know, it's weird. All right, guys, that's our predictions. Let's see what happens. I hope Florida comes out inspired, man. At least it's not a noon game on the road. Maybe that helps. We know how this crap works out. Um, 
or maybe these guys just reach down and go, guys, we're, we want to play in a bowl. We don't want this season to be a wash. Right. Maybe they, maybe they find some intestinal fortitude, you know, to, to quote, you know, the attitude error. <laughs> Ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression, John Cena. All right, guys, it's that time. Week 11 pickums. Man, CJ has caught the Hirsch. Man, after an eight and two week, me and Wes both went seven and three. So me and CJ both 70 and 30 on the season. And Wes only two games back at 68 and 32. Starting to starting to feel some pressure here as we come into the stretch run of the season. And we're going to start it off, guys, on Tobacco Road. Wait a minute. Is this football? What the hell are we doing here? <laughs> Basketball season is here, so it only felt right to lead off with this game. Duke travels to play UNC at Chapel Hill. Wes, lead us off. UNC, Tarios. Yep, big yep. Jamie fan. Yep, yep. CJ, does Duke still have anything left in the tank? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I'll take UNC. Not that I really like it, but I'll take UNC. I feel like Duke could easily win this game because Duke UNC is just that. Wait a minute. Is Drake May playing? As far as he's, I know, he is. I thought somebody said Drake Drake May was sitting out the rest of the season. I thought that was a meme. <laughs> was that a farce? Was that a farce? Did I, I get? That was, did that I was get? One of those... Did I get? You know, farced. I didn't. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't put a lot of effort into looking because I don't care. <laughs> Other than I wish the Falcons could draft him next year because God knows <laughs> we need him. But anyway, let's keep it moving, guys. All of us said UNC. We're going to go with that. All right. Auburn travels to Arkansas to play Arkansas there. Arkansas might have a little momentum coming off the upset of you, the upset of UF. CJ? Give me Arkansas. I think I think the, the new offensive coordinator has learned that their offense is much better when they actually let KJ Jefferson run. And the Rocket Man's back. Who and should the be, Rocket he Man. should be full go this week. Wes. It's Arkansas and who? Auburn, Auburn at Arkansas. Go Tigers. Oh, he won't do it. He can't do it. He hates. <laughs> Look at that dilemma coming over his face. Damn, Sam. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Sam Pittman. He, okay. You know what? I think, I think you're going to see Arkansas play a lot. I think Arkansas. Look, we've talked about it. They hung with LSU. They hung with Alabama. That was out rocket playing. So they get in back. I mean, their defense is is solid. Yeah, his defense. I don't know if they're solid, but Auburn's they offense. Got a, they got a pretty good front. Uh, they yeah, got a good front. The I think they're susceptible shaking. to some 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 plays. Yeah. But but Auburn's offense is definitely one. To, they ain't to, throwing to, deep. Auburn ain't yeah. throwing no damn. Auburn's deep ball. offense is definitely going to make you look better than you are. All right, here we go. West Virginia at Oklahoma. Oklahoma doesn't look so hot anymore. West Virginia coming in six and three on the season. West, who are you going to take? I, I, I'm, this is strictly hard. I don't know how it's going to look, but I need Oklahoma to continue to win because I'm trying to get – I can't have Florida State and Georgia both in the playoffs. I need something to go right for me. What is that guy Because I need somebody to get in because a bunch of teams are going to have one. Oklahoma's like, number 18 in the country. They done lost two games. Two losses. Oh, they got two losses? My bad. They lost last week. They lost to Oklahoma think, State. My bad. I got them confused with Texas. Oklahoma anyway, though. Wait a minute. Oklahoma anyway. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Hold on. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a call this fool on his stuff. You were the one that picked Oklahoma State to win last week. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my win. That was my win. I should have put. Almighty, this man right here. I could have caught up with. Uh, I could have been past past Hershey by picking uh, Georgia to beat Missouri. I forgot about man, that. You, you bullshit as hell. We'll get to that here in a little bit. CJ, yeah. who you taking? Uh, give me Oklahoma. I don't know why. It's at home. That's why I'm gonna take Oklahoma as well. If if they had to travel all the way up to West Virginia, buddy, I, I'd probably take West Virginia in this contest just because they're a young team, man. They're growing. I, very similar to Florida. The difference is, is they don't play the schedule that Florida plays. Right. If if they did, it might Oklahoma might look a lot. They better get ready. They better get ready. It's <laughs> gonna get amped up real fast next season. Yeah. All right. USC and the crying Caleb Williams take uh, travel to, to Oregon, <laughs> take on the Ducks. CJ, who are we going with? I'm taking the Ducks. Taking the Ducks. I'm just giving yeah. Caleb Williams a hard time. If he, if you can't cry to your mama, you can't cry to anybody. But that was rough that they – y'all quit filming these kids doing that. Really. Like, y'all are scumbags for that kind of crap. Wes, who are we taking? Well, you know how I just talked about the, the playoffs. You know I'm going with Washington. Washington. Or- Washington ain't involved, Wes. It's Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, there my you man. Go. <laughs> Washington later on. But, you know, I, I need them pack to us in to keep winning, you man. You need to quit drinking in Bud Lights before the show. <laughs> Don't tell everybody I'm drinking Bud Lights. They might, they might cancel us. <laughs> we ain't been canceled yet. We, we ain't oh, that's right. Ah! <laughs> All right. Um. Man, I don't know. This is tough. If, man, if this was at USC, I would I would go all USC on this. I just don't know. I feel like they just fired the defensive like, coordinator. I feel like they're in the tank, man. I just I don't know. I feel like Kale, is Kale Williams going to keep playing? Like I don't know. I just give me Oregon just because it's on the road. Bo Nix and, and USC just seems to the wheels have fallen off. Like it's they fired their defensive coordinator, man. They defense. I, well, and I'm gonna give Lanning the edge on the defensive matchup against USC. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bama looking really good off that that win against LSU. Travels to Krogar Field to take on Kentucky West. Roll Tide. CJ, I, I think that's pretty easy. Yeah, that's Bama. That's Bama all day. Wasn't a whole abundance of matchups. But, you know, this is one of those games that could have the letdown factor. You got off the high of the LSU night game. It's the Bear Bryant Bowl. Yeah, the Bear Bryant Bowl, baby. But, yeah, Bama's going to – Bama – Kentucky won their Super Bowl against Florida already. Yeah, they, so. they played us and then they forgot how to play football. <laughs> All right, boys, now, now we're getting interesting. Tennessee travels to Missouri. CJ, how do you think this plays out? Uh, 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 I'm, I'm afraid. Buy, I'll right? take, uh, yeah, I'll take. I'm going to take Missouri because I feel like Tennessee's looking ahead to Georgia. I think their their eyes are fully set on playing Georgia. Um, I, I think they just slip up on uh, Missouri. I, I think they they're not looking looking right. Wes. We don't have a time on that game, do we? Three thirty. This is CBS. Ooh, this is a big game. Yeah. Bro. Da, 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 da. yeah Jerry Danielson Jerry Daniels sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Missouri as well. I I, I, I don't trust Tennessee. 
God, I'm going to hurt my fucking soul right now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. I'm, I, Tennessee's looking really ah. good right now, man. They're looking really good. It's a now, game. If this was a night game, I I probably would go with Missouri. But middle of the day, it just doesn't inspire me. Missouri's just not intimidating. You know, I just it really isn't. Um, obviously Tennessee's played in a lot tougher places this season already. So I don't know, man. I think I think I think they're focused. They, I'm gonna go with Tennessee. God, that's uh, ugh, that, I gotta take a shower after that. All right, back to the Pac-12. Utah at Washington. That's the game. Wes? Right now I'm going Huskies. Got to go Huskies. Need them to keep winning. Definitely now. Yeah. Phoenix's Heisman candidacy continue to yeah. roll on. I'm going to take, uh, take Washington. I think Utah's magic is, is out. I think they've used it all. Yeah, especially on the road. Like yeah. if this was at Utah, maybe a tight game. Um <laughs> In that stadium, no, nah, they're getting smacked. Now watch, now watch. This will be the upset of the week, and Utah will end up beating them by like three touchdowns or some craziness. Yeah, then Florida State can take a breath. <laughs> Speaking of that, <clears throat> the annual rivalry here: Miami travels to Tallahassee to take on FSU. CJ. It's like this is like picking between your your favorite your favorite Pick, math teacher. I'm and picking your favorite a, I'm picking a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> Florida State wins because Miami is horrible. So, boy, what happened to Van Dyke? He got reading in books, man. He's reading them leadership <laughs> books and all that. He um, must. He must. They. Must, I hope they're paying him in life while it's stock. Oh God! I hope they're not paying him in that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they are. He's earned every share. I could pay him more than Life Wallet stock. <laughs> he's earned every share of Life Wallet stock. Oh, he's earned it. All right. Wes. <laughs> FSU. God, I think this game might get ugly, ugly. It'll probably be tight at first. Rivalry. They'll be hyped up, but Florida's not big. But after that, after Van Dyke throws his third interception of the first half, it might get out of hand. I don't know. I hope, I hope Miami wins, but uh, I don't, I'd like it to at least be an entertaining ball game down to the wire. But you can't go losing. You can't score six points against a bad NC State team. Yeah, I'm usually with this game. I'm picking between the lesser of the two evils of who I want to win. Like last year, I kind of wanted Florida State to beat Miami because they were kicking our ass and recruiting. So, uh, you know, it was like, yeah, beat Miami. But this year it's like, Miami, you got to do something. You got to help us. Don't put it on I'm us. Not, you know what? And I'm going to take a minute to swerve off here, and I'm taking FSU. Don't get me wrong. Miami can't really say they're having a, any kind of a better season than we are, boys. I'm going to oh, tell no. you right now. Miami and With that class the same, they though. brought in versus the schedule they've played, Oh They've my God! Horrible. And they They've easily been... could have lost that game to Virginia that they won in overtime. I mean, yeah, now yeah. I've granted they found a way to win. Good for them. Clemson too. Yeah, they have. They haven't been good since they beat A and M. And A and M's not a good football team, but boy, they sure were pumping that up. All right, let's get down to the meat on the bone, boys. Michigan travels to Penn State. Wes. Michigan. Who, who's going to win in this fantastic offensive, you know, in the cheater bowl? Michigan is going to win. 
in the stat in the counter stallion bowl. CJ, what time is the game? I think it's the night noon. game. I think that's is, the night is it game. That or the big noon kickoff? Yeah, I think it might be the big noon. Hers. I could be wrong. I I don't pay. I think you're actually. I don't know right. why Big Twelve does that. Big, I mean, big, I'm telling you now, these fools give away their damn games like wrestling pay per views. It is yeah, it's wait, a noon game. Yeah, you ain't knocked the crust out of your eyes yet. Let's watch the biggest it's game like of the week for us. Watching it's like giving away WrestleMania for free on Fox. I like it though. <laughs> it, it the first game it gives you something to watch to start. To I, and I agree. I, it's, yeah, maybe that's the whole reasoning behind it because they also know it's boring as hell and they don't want to lose their eight o'clock viewers. Right. Um, give, give me Michigan, uh, I guess. Uh, Penn State, James Franklin hasn't shown me yet that he can beat Ohio State or Michigan. So Yeah, you know, uh, take, Harbaugh wants Michigan. to take some uh, – you know, Harbaugh wants to go out and make a statement because he needs to take some of the eyes off of him as far as this uh, the Connor Stallion scandal. Um, you know, he, he's got to go out and do something to ch- kind of get some people talking about something else. Of course, then they're just going to turn around and say – He's been stealing Penn State signals and everything, and that's why he won. He can't win. Michigan, give me Michigan because Penn State's just not going to score enough points to hang with him. All right. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin been on a run, man. Been on a, been on a little cocky run. Ole Miss travels to UGA. CJ, who we taking? All right, give me the dogs. The dogs are going to beat, beat the hell out of Ole Miss. It ain't going to be close. Wes, Wes, you gonna pick somebody else against UGA this year? I mean, are you are you are you done figured that out? Third time's the charm, her. Kentucky let me no. down. Missouri let me down. Lane will not let me down. Woo boy, that's a big <laughs> statement out there. There ain't too many people Lane ain't right. let down. Hey. Shout out to TD Gator. Wes giving, giving a shout out to his boy TD Gator for picking the lane <laughs> machine. <laughs> Yo, can I? Yo, you almost heard me say <laughs> But uh, CJ, go ahead and hit that. I, they're going to win by 10. Ole Miss is going to win by 10. Hotty toddy, got somebody. Two scores. Where's the way the to beat, I, I, I've told you guys, the way to beat Georgia and the old Alabama when Kirby was there, you have to have somebody that can throw the ball. I'm going to tell you right now. Lane's going to throw it. I thought Wes was drinking the Bud Light. He in the Henny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad. Lane, uh, you have to, listen, to throw I'll the ball. Throw, I'll throw a damn party if Ole Miss beats Georgia. I just don't hey, think it's going to happen. All four, but to, they ain't walking into damn Athens and beating UGA by 10 points. You have to be able to throw the ball. You saw CJ Stroud in the championship game. You saw Deshaun Watson. I'm going to tell you right now. We will clip this highlight. We will clip this whole highlight and put it on Facebook and Twitter if it happens. And everybody take a shot of this Henny I'm drinking right now, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Woo. Watch it. Ending on a, on, a, on a high note. And by high, I mean oh, yeah. smoke is smoke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's our picks of the week. It's about four As always, now. don't put your hard-earned money on those picks, especially Wes's. Um <laughs> Bet the money I mean, line. Unless you got that money to burn and you just want to bet the down, money line. You know, uh, stick to prize picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate it, man. We love doing this every week. At least we can find something on to laugh about while we're doing this right now. You know, it's 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 tough, man. It's tough being a fan right now. Here's what I urge you to do: tune it out. 
quit living in the moment of every week. Realize this is a process. Look, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to get better or it's going to get worse. But either way, something's going to get done eventually about it. And we can't do nothing about it. That's just the simple of it. We can bitch. We can moan. That's where fans, you have that right. You have that right to go on social media, say whatever you want to say. But here's the thing. You're only doing doing it for yourself because they don't care. (laughs) They just don't. They don't because Billy has been made promises. The boosters that matter are keeping those promises because they're not paying a buyout right now. It's just the way it is. It's the way the contract was structured. Uh, Jimmy Sexton knew what he was doing when he structured this contract for Billy Napier. And the the boosters have said, we're tired of paying buyouts. We're going to give a man a chance. They're going to let DJ get in here. They're going to let him run his program. But here's the thing. Here's the counter to that. They do have the right to go in there and go, look, you're going to make some changes. Or we're not going to give you NIL money and things of that nature. That's where you pressure a coach into changing things. Also, Hurst, to piggyback off that, if you made Billy Napier promises and then you don't fulfill those promises that you made him to give him. You can't get another coach. Exactly. That's my point. Another coach is going to be like, well, you promised this guy that and you didn't deliver on and I understand the take of oh, $7 million to buy a lot of people. And you're right. It can buy a lot of mid people because a coach of their, of what they saw, it's going to be another project guy, a guy that's highly thought of, but you're going to have to pay to get him here. That that's how that would work. So let's, let's just look, we've, we've said be patient and I'm not going to say be patient because if you're not, if patience isn't in you, it's not in you, but Here's the here's the long and short of it. Billy's not going anywhere right now. Let's let's see some changes get made, and then we'll make some assessments come December and January on whether we think things are trending in the right direction as far as the on the field product. Obviously, we've seen re- recruiting trending in the right direction. Finish the class, make the changes, and then we'll assess. Hey, was that enough? Or not. And then we complain about some more stuff because that's what we do because we're fans. CJ, you got anything to add? Uh, no, just thank you guys so much for supporting us as creators. Check out our friends at Alma Mater. They've still got a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Basketball season coming around. I'm sure they're going to get on that program with the jerseys and stuff. Um, now that we're starting basketball season, play again Friday night against the Who's, the Virginia Cavaliers. So check that out. Um, we're going to try to keep up with some of the basketball stuff over here. Um, it's not really any of our things. I, I mean, we watch it, of course, but, you know, I don't cover it to that extent. But we'll try to keep you guys updated on uh, what they're doing, what they're playing. Um, just thank you so much for that. Uh, also, to leave leave Jacquez Green alone, um, please. I'm, I'm begging. Please leave Jacquez Green alone. Uh, that man is a legend, and you guys are treating him like he's just some dude on Twitter. Um, it's kind of really, really irking me, so I wanted to say that. But uh, everybody else that's pretty level-headed understands, even if you – you're, you're on the side of not really thinking things are going well. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. You know, maybe we're saying some of the stuff that you're thinking. Maybe we're saying some things that you didn't think of and are seeing it from a different perspective. Maybe you've got some things you want to tell us. Um, leave them in the comments. Let us know. Um, you know, give us some score predictions. Talk about how I'm crazy for thinking that we could beat LSU. That's fine. Whatever, whatever you guys want to say, this is a place for, 
you can spout off your opinions. That's kind of what we do here. Hey, so thank you guys. If so we'd all said we were going to lose the LSU, y'all would, somebody would have been in the comments complaining that we were negative Nellies. And yeah, we're negative. We don't we don't believe in this team. Um, no, um, <laughs> you, yeah, you no. can't win. There's there's somebody that's going to be upset, and I understand that. That's that's the mood right now. When everything ain't going sunshine and rainbows, we as fans we get grumpy. We say, uh, you know, I get it, guys. I understand. I feel your pain. My difference is. I'm 46 years old and, and it doesn't mean the same to me as it once did. I don't get as emotionally wrapped up in all of it. A, because I'm also a Falcons fan and I'm used to disappointment. Okay. Let's call it what it is. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, 28 to three, put it below. I hate y'all. Wes, take us home. Yeah. Um, echoing a lot of what you guys just said, especially the Jacques Green. I, I, we talked about our favorite players before, our favorite moments. I'm referencing. The year after the championship in 96, when he caught the pass down the sideline and Fred Taylor took it in, uh, he's easily the top five for me as one of my favorite players growing up and the reason why I'm a Gator fan today. So y'all doing that is uh, imbeciles, and I, I don't understand why you would do that to a guy like that. But uh, we celebrated our veterans last week. We all know that Veterans Day is this Friday, uh, this Saturday, excuse me. It will be celebrated this Friday as far as uh, those who uh, work maybe state, federal jobs, uh, but uh, – Thank you guys. Salute you guys. I echoed, well, not echoed. I spoke about a lot of my family members. I think I have, I met some cousins yesterday. I laid my uncle to rest yesterday and met some cousins. I didn't even know a younger cousin that are uh, in the service and spoke to them about a lot of the veteran benefits and things that are out there that are serving this country as well. So big salute to you guys out there that are doing what you do for us. Um, uh, as we celebrate you guys this weekend, uh, a lot of restaurants have discounts and things like that for you to celebrate you guys. So we'll get you a good, a good dinner if you can. Uh, take the family out uh, and, and get what you deserve as far as these restaurants that we celebrate you to give you guys that discount uh, to go out and eat. So we appreciate you guys. We continue to celebrate you guys on this podcast because we, we are a podcast that believes in our veterans and support our veterans and our troops for doing what you guys do. And as always, go Gators. Go Gators, baby. Beat LSU. Go Gators, baby. Thank you to our troops and all that serve and all that have served. We appreciate you and enjoy your weekend. Go Gators. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.